0: And a happy 2018, Dr. Andrew. Yeah. Here we are, podcast number one of 2018.
1: It's February already and we're
0: still happy new year and great to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we haven't done one for a little while. Andrew and I have been traveling and doing other things. So we thought we'd come back with a bang. And we thought we'd talk about a controversial topic. We love a controversial topic at the best of times anyway. So I thought we'd talk about... Um, conspiracies related to chiropractors and chiropractic care and and the history of that and if it's still continuing and has it improved uh you know if there has been any discrimination so um,
1: yeah why do we get bad publicity when it seems like every couple of years things pop up in the media which is tends to be negative publicity as opposed to all the all the medical miracles that we see with chiropractic care
0: yeah the, the positive things that happen don't really get a lot of traction i think that's human nature too isn't it in the nature of the news that we tend to focus on negative things in society
1: yeah but definitely the news headlines love a good tragedy
0: yeah but also uh one might say there probably has been a concerted push to um discredit chiropractic over the years. I certainly think it still continues and we mentioned that in a previous um, podcast last year uh, that there was a Four Corners show that uh, really discredited chiropractic um, that uh, was on that the ABC. Do, was
1: that to do with kids and paediatrics? Yes,
0: paediatric chiropractic. Mary yeah. Marianne Demarcy, De I think her name was, and she's since uh, that, that poor lady has since been um, stood down from the ABC for showing uh, bias towards her stories. So uh, yeah, ma- maybe there was some truth in that, I don't know. Uh, but we, we certainly... Uh, all I can say is that I spoke to a couple of people involved in that show and she seemed very uh, fair in her dealings with uh, practitioners when she was interviewing them. And, um, and when she was present, it was like, yeah, we're going we're gonna to make this very factual. S-
1: sorry, mate, Did, that woman you're mentioning, was she pro or against?
0: Well, this is, this is the point I'm making, is that during the process, she seemed very um, neutral yeah, yeah. In the, and wanted just to talk about the facts and why chiropractors are getting such a bad rap, especially when treating children. Yeah. But when the cutting room floor edit came, It was all one-way traffic and it was very derogatory and condescending and it wasn't uh, that particular program um, had a lot of chiropractors up in arms because it just it wasn't it we we thought there was a great degree of bias and you saw that program too didn't you
1: do you know what i don't think i bothered watching it because i was thinking this is going to be a load of Bullshit. Malarkey. Pardon me for saying yeah, that. No. Let's kick off the year by calling a spade a spade. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I just avoided it because I thought, nah, this is a witch hunt. It's a load of BS. Not going to waste my time.
0: Well, history showed that she got stood down for other programs as well, showing bias. Particularly, we spoke about that one to do with statins and heart issues and, and so forth. But that also shows the influence that medicine has as compared to chiropractors. Because when she dissed the medical doctors, she got stood down. When she when she dissed the chiropractors, we had no political yeah, yeah. We had no political influence whatsoever.
1: So Mick, let's uh, there's our segue. Can you explain? And we'll, we'll get into a bit about the history of chiropractic. Uh, but can you explain? the the medical profession well particularly the medical association american medical association the australian medical association why is it that they have this anti-chiropractic stance what is their political clout uh why do they have political clout what's their connection with the pharmaceutical companies
0: yeah uh, that's a really big big question and I think we have to go back to the start of chiropractic to effectively answer that question. When chiropractors, when chiropractic um, first appeared in its form, and let's call it call it for what it is, manipulation of the spine has been around for thousands of years.
1: Yeah, in various forms. Yeah, yeah.
0: but the term chiropractic only, um, really came into being probably over a hundred years ago, 120 years ago, there was a guy called DD Palmer who adjusted a janitor's neck who apparently, and this guy had um, difficulty hearing and he found his hearing improved from the chiropractic adjustment. So it was deemed as miraculous and, you know, uh, me personally, I, I, I'm not sure if that happened in the exact way that it was perceived to happen because I'm not sure that one adjustment could fix someone's deafness, to be really honest, but it may have helped in some way, you know, and I feel that uh, then, then it gained traction of folklore that this guy had, you know, uh, you know done something miraculous There, then people were drawn to him from all over America. Mm what seems fantastic um it should
1: be said when you read about that man dd palmer he was an amazingly intelligent and studious person who went to enormous efforts to discover and investigate himself how the body worked
0: yes and he believed that if you could just take pressure off a nerve that that nerve was if that nerve was obstructed or irritated in some way, that then the brain had the capacity to flow through that nerve and fix whatever was, you know, not working properly in the body. And, and that was called back then the innate and the innate ability of the body to heal itself,
1: which it's still called today. I went to my dermatologist not long ago for the annual checkup and she said, uh, we we're talking about skin repair and whatnot. And I'll quote her. She said, the body's innate immune system
0: and that like, sparked you up didn't it?
1: i did i was like doc it's, it's interesting you say this word innate because i use that all the time with my clients what's your understanding and she said well it's your body's inborn ability to to heal itself and i'm like fantastic that's the exact context that we use
0: it too so it's not a new concept no but the concept of Taking pressure of an off a nerve was new, in mm. as far as it could affect someone—not not only pain, <clears> but the way they feel and their health as well. So, this guy sort of uh, gained traction. DD uh, Palmer and he, he started to treat people from all over America who were disenfranchised because they'd say, "Let's face it, it's a hundred years ago." Yeah, medicine's come a long way. Chiropractic's come a long way in a hundred years. Okay, so. But back then, there was a lot of people probably really struggling, looking for a miracle. And some people were probably getting some results that they weren't getting results with traditional medicine back then. And I think medicine would be the first people to put up its hand and say, listen, back then, well, you know, were they still, you know, we may have been doing bloodletting back then, you know. I'm not sure that they really knew. You know, if if you look back, it's only, you know, the concept of germ theory and... uh, biology of, you know, microbiology and Louis Pasteur and all the all the antibiotics. I mean, this this is all in its infancy, Do you know what I mean, compared to 100 years ago. So people are looking for people are looking for help wherever they can find it. And they probably are achieving some really amazing results based on the limitations of medicine back then.
1: So what happened was this guy, D.D. Palmer, Um, all of a sudden he got a following and he started to educate other people who wanted to learn and thus was born the profession of chiropractic. The problem was at the time he, he was not a doctor, a medical doctor, but he had a great scientific training and all of a sudden he was training other people and the medical profession said, hang on a second. Doctors are the only ones allowed to treat the health of people if you're not a doctor, you can't do medicine. And he was saying, I'm not doing medicine. I'm doing something different.
0: Yes. Um, so, but he, he, tend, he got, I mean, chiropractic from what I know about it, and I probably need your help here, but up until the seventies and eighties, I mean, we weren't regulated by a, um, uh, a registration board up until what in, in Australia, it was 1980, 70, 7580 with the registration board and chiropractic came in
1: yeah yep something like that
0: i'd have to look i'd have to read about it again but it's probably not long before in america which meant chiropractors were accountable to someone Mm. in some way shape there's
1: a professional body and regulation
0: yeah yep. so before that time chiropractors even you know they, they could let's just say that they could say things that were probably quite fantastic and it wouldn't have mattered and Uh, the
1: training was a lot less formal and scientific and regulated like it is with the modern highly qualified university trained that's why we've both got master's degrees two degrees yeah yeah.
0: and constantly have to do continuing education on a
1: yearly basis
0: yeah and constantly have to stay abreast of the new research regarding benefits and risks of chiropractic
1: so to go back if we look back historically we had 70s but there was a big revolution in the whole practice of modern medicine which was after about the 1950s Mm. and that's when we had the modern pharmaceutical industry being born big pharma big pharma and they have very close ties with the medical industry because it's the
0: medical industry which are dispensing. Well, they're the facilitators yeah. of that industry. Yeah. So medicine went from being probably more holistic and allopathic. That's right. Um, to uh to very uh pharmaceutical based
1: um and and that's what society wanted as well the thought that you could go to you, you didn't feel good you go to the doctor he takes some pills you'll feel better we wanted that too it's a like, oh it's a magic change i can go and get some pills and my life will be magically better that was the thinking at the time i think it's interesting now how things have come around full circle but in the 1950s 60s pharmaceutical industries which was uh, also the the time of petrochemicals and plastics so the world was going through this industrial revolution of making things yeah and we wanted to make things to pop in our mouth to make the world better
0: so and I, I was a child of the 70s so i know that um the world was like that back then, wasn't it yeah you know? go to the doctor, you get a pill, you're better. That's it. You know, symptom-based care, everyone's happy. But around about that time, chiropractic started to really get, I think, really quite take off in America and Australia. Yeah. And they started to gain traction um, with patients who probably weren't responding to traditional care. um, Because chiropractic in itself, uh, if you look at what a chiropractor does, if you're really good at it, it hasn't changed much in 100 years. Do you know what I mean? Because it works. The, you know, yeah. At its core, it works. Yeah, that's right. But And back then, physiotherapy was only in, in its infancy. Let's face it, physiotherapy has only been around for 30 or 40 or 50 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I said to you before, I feel like um, chiropractic uh, has stood the test of time um, on the wisdom of masses. Because... You know, it's it's worked for people for a long period of time, and the crowd votes with you its feet.
1: That's it. If 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 it didn't work, we wouldn't still be here
0: today doing this, would be. No. So, the wisdom of crowds says that you know chiropractors had a uh, had a place. So, uh, and they are still seeing patients, but then there started to become this concerted effort from the med- medical. Uh, system, particularly in America, like there was a big push to discredit chiropractors and chiropractic. and um, in because they had a lot of power through the newly formed pharmaceutical companies, a lot of money behind them. And the American Medical Association uh, was openly saying chiropractic and chiropractors were dangerous, that they were killing people that uh, you can't go to one That they were
1: charlatans
0: yeah quacks hence the word quacks and so it was a concerted um association push to try to get rid of chiropractic
1: now we should point out here as well so what's the connection with the pharmaceutical companies especially in the states but around the world the medical associations publish journals who buys 90 percent of the advertising in the journals pharmaceutical companies so there are billions of dollars of revenue in this worldwide every year so that's what's at stake and the two when we're talking about medical associations and the pharmaceutical companies they're intricately linked with one another and that's a virtually inseparable financial tie. I don't, I, I,
0: I'm sure, because I don't want to segue here, because I want to explain this, this what, what happened, but I'm, I'm, I'm sure medicine didn't, most people who were doing medicine didn't, when, when medicine in its modern form um, went down this track, I don't think they quite realised at the time just how in, ingrained it would become in that partnership. No. i'm convinced of it no and and because and, and doctors are well-meaning people and
1: exactly right so we always say in our podcasts when you go to your gp uh I, my gp's awesome and i know and i'm sure out there your gp the great 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 majority they just want to help people and they want people to be healthier that is what they want but when things go up the chain to an association and a political level, and that we're then talking about hundreds of millions and billions of dollars, it's a whole different ball game.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. And not only is it a different ball game, it's it becomes uh, uh, the biological term. Uh, which is a coexistence. I'm trying to think of it. Symbiosis. symbiosis. Symbiosis, yeah. Symbiosis. That's the word I'm looking for. I wanna talk about the Wilkes case, mate. And so yeah,
1: what what was the Wilkes case? It happened in the seventies? And what happened? No,
0: uh, th- this was eighty seven.
1: Uh, No, it started in 1977. Oh, oh, and it went that long? And it went that Ah. long.
0: Oh, the finding was 87. That's right, exactly. So in
1: 1977, some chiropractors in the States banded together. Five of them. Five of them and said, hang on a sec. There is something going on here. In fact, they had some, I think, um, from watching that documentary, and for anyone listening, there's a great documentary called Doctored. YouTube it uh they keep taking it down it. by the way did
0: you yeah, notice that i
1: and did notice that yeah. but but it keeps, it keeps getting popping back. back up <laughs> yeah um uh because some documents will lead to them someone
0: so a anonymously and anon- yeah. well it turned out it was a man it was a doctor who worked for the ama oh, yeah. who realized his conscience got the better of him and he leaked documents to chiropractors that showed that there was a concerted push to try to eliminate chiropractors covertly
1: yeah now we're not we're literally saying the american medical association and this is all well documented attempted to discredit and eliminate the entire chiropractic profession
0: and they had strategies to do it yeah it was coordinated it was organized organized and it was relentless yeah but in nineteen eighty seven, uh, after ten years mm-hmm. of uh, study, uh, cross examination, there was one particular testimony. There's a chiropr- and and these testimonies didn't just uh, uh, talk about um, the doctors involved, but also a, a, a whole stack thousands of anecdotal evidence from patients who benefit from chiropractic. Yeah. Uh, because chiropractic hadn 't done any enough research on itself back then yeah. right so all you could do was say "Well has it helped people and they got thousands they, they, they 're lining up tens or hundreds of thousands of people to test testify and 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 eventually the judges said look enough enough we, we've we've heard enough that chiropractic is helping people but what was more apparent was when these documents were leaked was the deplorable nature of some of these senior doctors that were in charge of discrediting chiropractors. And in 1987, the head judge um, issued her opinion that the AMA had violated section one, but ne- not section two of the Sherman Act, the Shermanator, and it had engaged in an unlawful conspiracy in restraint of trade to contain and eliminate the chiropractic profession. The AMA had entered into a long history of illegal behavior. And she then issued a permanent injunction against the AMA uh, to prevent such future behavior. However, she, um, she stopped short of saying that um, what chiropractic also sought at that time was to have its validity of its treatment um, accepted by the law and the medical profession, which she stopped short of doing because the judge said there had not been enough self-examination and research into chiropractic to grant that desire. And
1: that was 20, 30 years ago.
0: Yeah. Um, and so we
1: can, thank, we can thankfully say the research these days is coming out thick and fast.
0: Yeah, and we'll get to that. We'll get to that. And, and there was another one, uh, a big report happened. The biggest report ever undertaken in chiropractic was actually done in New Zealand.
1: The New Zealand government did an inquiry into the chiropractic profession because it is, uh, there's a, um, uh, chiropractic is quite popular in New Zealand.
0: Yeah, and they had a huge report, a 377 page document that they spent, that they they wanted to see, A, if it was effective, B, if it was safe, um, and they had a, a, a report of the Commission of Inquiry, and uh, their findings were, were very profound in its safety of chiropractic. So they were, they, they, the one thing What that, What do you mean? Well, they were saying that chiropractic was incredibly safe in, in comparison to other treatments for the same issues it was treating, so if you're going to see a chiropractor for a back or a neck issue, uh, or a headache, c- comparing chiropractic to the other forms of treatment, it was Such way safer. As well, drugs. Aspirin, yeah. right? Or you know, any sort of medical I intervention. Mean, for <laughs> headaches
1: and
0: migraines. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or valine. Well,
1: hang on a, a second. What about Viox? Where's uh, my uh, Vioxx? Uh, For example, remember Vioxx? was on the market about 10, 15 years ago.
0: Listen, I haven't looked this up. But from what I remember it was a type of COX-2 inhibitor. That's it. And COX-2 inhibitors, as we know, there's the COX-1 inhibitors, which are the classic Voltar and Nurofen. <clears throat> and they came out back then, from what I recall, with a brand new well, type yeah, of and anti-inflammatory. Yeah, was meant to be
1: yeah, the new wonder
0: drug. Which wouldn't affect your stomach like the other two. Yeah,
1: yet. yeah, yeah. And it, But it's since been banned it killed more people than soldiers that died in the vietnam war yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. so that one's no longer on the shelf biops. no yeah it's all... and, and
1: he's the whole we're, we're getting into pharmaceutical industry stuff um more often than not these sort of things they get put out onto the market quickly the companies make squillions and then they worry about the 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 consequences later it's not till years later that something gets taken off the market let me give you another example um oh what was that Japanese drug with the deformities
0: thalidomide
1: thalidomide another example
0: yes yes
1: okay and and there's dozens to hundreds of examples like
0: this. I guess what we're trying to say is that we're not hating on every drug because like drugs help people save lives, but what we're talking about is safety. What we're talking about is the American Medical Association coming out publicly and saying that chiropractors are killing people. And it's the number one reason why doctors won't refer even today, I believe, patients to chiropractors.
1: Well, right. and mate, there was that we talked about this. Was it last year the big, yeah, chiropractic shouldn't be touching children? And there was that it gave me the it's. Let me tell you, buddy, I wanted to put holes in walls. This douchebag, Channel Nine resident doctor on a weekend came out and said, "Oh, chiropractors are killing children."
0: Yeah, and as to we which
1: mean, I was <laughs> like, we should be ringing the <laughs> lawyer about this. You yeah, cannot but, say but we that don't. stuff
0: we don't and you know why because we've done it before and it didn't make any difference so if we take it if we take a legal injunction and you know something else pops up 6 months later so Andrew and I both believe probably well no i can't speak for you on this matter all we can do is change the world one world one person at a time with getting helping people helping patients and changing perceptions hopefully along the way And that's what you and I try to do. It's why we're doing this podcast as well. Um, But getting back to the New Zealand report, before we go down the... uh, Look, there's a stack of drugs we can talk about.
1: Down the rabbit hole. No, but we were talking about safety, and you said the the New New Zealand Zealand
0: government report... The greatest report into the history of chiropractic found in comparison to every other therapy um, medically for the same symptoms, chiropractic was remarkably safe. Quote... Unquote. It was independent. Wasn't run by chiropractors. It was a government institutionalized report that was seeking to see that seeking to make chiropractic transparent. Yeah. To see were was, were the claims by patients valid, and were they, um, yeah, is it as dangerous as what was being sprouted, um, and the, clearly it wasn't, and you and I both know that from a daily basis that it's not. But every treatment does have some inherent risk. You yeah. Know, it just happens that ours are extraordinarily minute, you know, in its risks. In
1: comparison. To everything yeah. else. Well, yeah. to everything else. Yeah. Even to walking across the road.
0: Oh, to taking an aspirin. What is it? One aspirin kills, the rate of aspirins is one in one, uh, 1,200 or something, you know? Yeah. I mean, I've got a couple of stats that i brought and with me yes. to in my handbag. <laughs> every year, 125,000 people die from properly administered therapeutic drugs. So that that's one, from properly administered. That's, yep. So in in the States, 125,000 people die from taking the right drugs at the right time. And prescription overdose is the second leading cause of death in teenagers in America and Australia in the last twi- um in in Australia and America. So prescription overdose for teenagers. Think about that one for a minute. Um, so, you know, there's, there's an, there, there, that, you know, I certainly get concerned about male um, depression and anxiety. Where I live in Sydney, it seems yeah. to be absolutely um, uh, an epidemic down there in the Shire. Um, there's a lot of young men. And look, I, I've, I've been thinking about that. I don't know what your thoughts are about that. I, I certainly think part of it uh, is um probably pressure and expectations of society how it's changing but also we've spoken about in the past uh, a lot of kids are becoming too stimulated with dopamine you know dopamine exhaustion with stimulation of phones and poor diets and the nervous system
1: i think that that's that's another it's a big topic we that's a talk big one. a lot about that yeah on another podcast I but agree. i i agree with you um and, and to another quote here, this is from a chief surgeon at Johns Hopkins School of Medicine, so one of the biggest medical schools in the world. 20 to 30% of medications and procedures may not even be necessary.
0: Yeah, okay. That doesn't surprise me. But if someone's going there for help and they're expecting a pill, you get a pill. Yeah. Or you get an intervention. You go see a specialist. specialist. I mean, I do think the medical profession has gotten better at that. I, I look at... Um, probably because of litigation litigation what changes everything yeah uh, if you look at something like a knee uh, cartilage repair where they that used to be done in the 80s and 90s really regularly and now they've pulled back on that they've pulled back on back surgeries now compared to what they were trying to do simply because of litigation because it hasn't given them better outcomes over mm-hmm. time so at least they are applying and, the scientific method
1: and and what's been in the news lately obviously public concern which is good is the um, opiate based drugs. So we've seen codeine yeah, stuff
0: they're huge.
1: Pulled off, uh you can't get over the counter anymore. It's got to be prescription. But endones and, take taken
0: is taken off, uh, not it?
1: And and everything, everything the the things like oxycontin, oxycodone, um all of those are opiate based drugs and we're seeing abuse of that and even correctly prescribed ones the number of deaths from that has soared in the last five to ten years and that's because we're following that u.s trend pattern yes but it is in the news so i think obviously there's something that's uh, we're going to change that
0: yeah well there's nothing more powerful than a celebrity dying of a drug cocktail overdose when it comes to self-examination or re-examination of procedures because it's pretty bad press. Alarm!
1: Michael Jackson, Prince, Tom Heath Petty. Ledger. Tom Petty was the most recent one.
0: Yeah.
1: Took a cocktail of um, oh, yeah. painkillers yeah, uh, and whatnot. Yeah,
0: yeah. And, and adult painkillers again, and it seems to be always painkillers, painkillers, mm. not painkillers. You yeah. know, well, that's <laughs> incredibly <laughs> cerebral of you. Nick. Thank you, man. I'll pardon the pun. Um, <laughs> And and look, one thing I did want to chat about quickly before we get into where things are at today compared mm-hmm. to where they were, um, and here, here's another top. We might do a podcast on this as well. But in the last twenty years, autoimmune diseases have gone up four hundred percent, and so there's there's something that. That to me, I, I I just find that fascinating. Why that could happen, mm-hmm. and when if we look at what diseases are on the rise, certainly there's lifestyle diseases, right? So yeah. that's on the rise, but that's related to yeah, humans being lazy and the, well. If you look at people avoiding pain or increasing pleasure, they are they look for a lifestyle that is very much. Yeah, seeking to a reward system that gives them pleasure and avoiding pain. Uh, whereas as we know, a bit of pain is probably good for us, a bit of exercise, a bit of uh, fasting, not eating what you want to eat all the time, um, delayed gratification, you know. So, but when you talk about autoimmune diseases going up, I would like to say one thing and and look, we can talk about, we can't talk about certain topics on this. Right. right? And and we can't. We discussed that pre-podcast. And and, and I won't. And we're going to leave one big topic aside. Uh, But let's talk about the possibility of that. Let's talk about one of the things that could be causing that and Mm. that is genetically modified food. And that's a whole other topic. But we'll get back to that.
1: Yeah, if you look at... If you listen to some, and and one of them's the science guy on a youth radio station, the highest rating youth radio station, who says, there is no evidence whatsoever to lead any change of genetic-modified food to any health problems. And this is what we were saying, science is the new religion. Yes. And here's what I would say, that, Science is meant to check certain things, but you can only check something if you ask the right question.
0: Yeah, well, everything depends upon what science you invest yourself in. And by invest, I mean what justifies your point of view and what emotion, yeah, what emotional stance do you have about a topic? And are you self examining your own thought process to see your own flaws in your thinking? to see that the scientific method can actually be, be manipulated.
1: Flawed as well, as the great Dr. James Chestnut would say, there's lies, there's damn lies, and then there's statistics.
0: <laughs> I love it. Well, you and I, and we'll talk a bit about that now. And that is, look, we've got to figure out why we've come to this point, this junction in the road of science becoming a religion. And what is it about science? that people, even though chiropractic has now become the most transparent, self-appraised, self-examined industry in, health, in, in, in healthcare, that has not been enough to give us the respect that we were seeking um, and hoping to find in becoming part, a more, more accepted part of medicine, which is what was asked of us. So as you know, every student going through university in Australia has to do a research project on the validity of chiropractic and the effectiveness of chiropractic in some way, shape or form. Um, that's been going on since you and I graduated 25 years ago. So what are these what what's what's happening with this research why isn't it um why do more people not know about this and is the res- what what is the research showing is it why, showing? why
1: is it well here's the question first of all over 30 percent of all visits to general practitioners are for back and spine related problems so i'm quoting stuff from the book squandering billions by gary bannerman and don nick Storff. um why isn't it, you go to your GP for, and say, I've got back pain, or I've got neck pain, and they go, yeah, right, I'm going to refer you to a chiropractor.
0: What? That doesn't happen. I know. Yeah, and why doesn't it happen? And that's, and, that's the, and, and we, we would, I would say that that is the real heart of the issue, because that's what chiropractic wanted by doing all this research. Uh-huh. It hasn't worked.
1: No, it hasn't worked. And then we come back to, well, why hasn't it worked? And I I think, um, and this is what we were discussing, institutionalized ignorance. What do I mean? Well, we talked about associations, and we talked about the political side of things when you get right up to the top of the financial chain. Follow the dollars, because that'll take you to the answers. even in the um i remember going to years back a music festival and in the massive lineup to go this to, seems the...
0: to happen at every podcast. <laughs> you go to a festival <laughs> and you're tied in there somehow this every it... time which festival was this
1: I'm, seriously this is years ago yeah uh because that's how long it's been since i've been to it <laughs> and <Bullshit. laughs> and standing in line started talking and then I was next to this young physiotherapy student. I can't remember how it came up. It was later in the day. I think it was like V Festival in Centennial Park. Yeah. And um, I was like, oh, I'm a chiropractor. And then she's like, oh my God, chiropractors are bad. You shouldn't be messing with the spine. And I'm like, what? This person obviously had no idea. And you should have turned
0: uh, to her and, and, and said, how about you shut up? Because you're <laughs> messing with my consciousness. <laughs>
1: but it really does come down to people are brainwashed yeah this is a physio student so the physios
0: are actually the worst
1: in the colleges and the unis People are being told things, young, impressionable students are being told things which are absolute lies and fallacies. Yeah, I agree but with when that. we get to the grassroots, because you and I both know when we talk to physios and they see what we do, when you develop a relationship, the same with my GP. My GP does refer my patients because he knows me and he knows that I know my stuff. But generally speaking, people are coming out of their institutions with this preconceived
0: idea. Most, yeah, most, I'll tell you one thing, most of my patients who I have a relationship with, who, you know, and I hope I've got a good relationship with all of my patients, but if they've had a car accident or something and they have to go to get referred to me for a green slip, the doctor will not say, go see a chiropractor, but if you ask them to do it, they will do it for them. Yeah. Right? So generally I find that the trend. So they'll do it if they're prompted, but they won't offer it as a service. So pretty much I find that universal amongst the shire. It's extraordinarily rare. But the
1: same for me, I'm telling clients, you, you can get X referral from your doctor for assistance with the program. Um, But unless they specifically ask for it, you just never get it.
0: Yeah. So it's always seeming the patient prompting the doctor to ask for that. And by the way, the doctor gets paid a certain amount of money to fill out that form, a very hefty amount of money for what it is really and how long it takes to send patients to a chiropractor, allied health. They do get paid well for that.
1: Is that right?
0: They do. Yeah for filling
1: out that form. Because I think for chiropractors... The, and I don't want the, to say how the, much it is because well, it work, may have gone up. The, the work <laughs> cover capping, it. well, how does this, I think, if you fill out as a chiropractor allied health to do those insurance forms, they've capped it at $33. That's really
0: it takes me half an hour or something to do those forms. And they, you know... Which is
1: your good. It takes me about two hours.
0: Whatever it is. To do those forms, it takes that, and it's more... And the paperwork is is three times what it was 10 years ago, with no better outcomes, by the way. Um, Someone in HR justifying their position there. But what I did before I came today is I rang... um, The main company in main organisation in charge of distributing green slips in New South Wales. I think they're called Seeker, and I spoke to the guy in charge of claims, and I couldn't get him on the phone. But Andrew and I both had a conversation saying, "I wonder how many people who are in a car accident who have hurt their neck or back actually, um, you know, uh, see a chiropractor." And you were you you were very harsh. I don't. I think it's look. I would say it's it's bet between five and ten percent. I would say that's what it is. You reckon it's less than five?
1: Oh, uh, I reckon the current rate. Uh, I literally. I've got a. We've been chiropractors for a while, so we both have a certain in our areas. I'm in the inner west. You're in the shire in Sydney. Um, the in the area I'm in, I'm reasonably well known. I think I can say that. I get a lot of referrals. Yeah. I cannot remember having anyone in the last five years come in and say, "My doctor referred me because I've had a car accident."
0: Yeah, but even I'm talking no, that, that, that will be next to zero, but I'm saying that all the claims treated by Kairos, how many are actually, of all the green sleeps, patients of our own going back and, and getting treatment through the Green Slip program? Because I treat probably five, six a year. You know what I mean? Of that sort of case, but it's only my own patients who've been in a car accident or whatever. So it's not new cases. Do you know what I mean? It's someone yeah. who, who trusts me with their body and spine to look after them and help them through that. So, but so I'm thinking maybe five percent of all cases because if they're injured and they go see their doctor, the doctor's going to send them to a physio. Yeah. Right. So, well, I want to I want to find that stat, and I'll who, get back yeah. to you on that stat. Yeah. The, but the, even in in but what you're going to tell me in a minute. Is the cost effectiveness of chiropractic compared to physio and other forms of treatment, aren't you? On studies that have been done.
1: Yeah, there, there have been numerous studies by, uh, and their workers' compensation studies. So this is the irate thing. You can see me turning purple now. That despite the fact there is clear, documented, published evidence, nothing has changed. And what that tells me is that there are people who have a worse quality of life and to spend more money for that privilege. So why the heck has that not changed? Because the people who are making these decisions, you are now hearing me get really angry. The people who are making these decisions do not give a flying crap about the health of the people who are affected. It's obviously a purely financial viewpoint from the powers that be, and this is why we were talking about associations of profit. What do you
0: mean by financial?
1: Well, someone's making money if people goes to if people go to care, if it's for the medical side of things, or there's a pharmaceutical taking pills, or it's a physical therapy thing. Yeah. Someone is making money from those services.
0: Yeah, but like my point of view is that. You know, 20 30 years ago when there was a you know there was a concerted push against chiropractic um, what do you mean
1: 20 30 years ago well, we the, saw that now it's yeah but now. that's your point It's
0: still happening now yeah. that's you're upset because you're angry I'm beyond angry um, <laughs> I, I
1: wasn't angry and still we started started talking about it
0: yeah but that's good it shows me that you care about it and it shows me that you're passionate and it tells me that you feel an injustice being done yeah I, I think that if you could quote me that statistic, um, that would be awesome. Have you got it there somewhere, mate? Uh, look, Nick, there's a whole
1: heap of studies here. Workers' compensation study saying that um, those treated by a chiropractor versus a medical doctor less likely to become temporarily disabled, shorter treatment time and a much lower cost. Comparison of healthcare costs for chiropractic and medical patients.
0: You've got six or seven.
1: Patients receiving chiropractic care experience significantly lower healthcare costs. Um, We've got lumbar intervertebral disc herniations. We've got um, another workers' compensation study, industrial back injury, Um, efficacy and risks of chiropractic manipulation. What does the evidence suggest? overwhelmingly suggests how safe and cost effectively chiropractic care is and yet we still don't see any change yes and it's
0: in my mind it's getting worse um because our associations seem to be um less politically savvy than what they were in the past when you were when you and i are younger Um, part of the reason you and i do this podcast is to make these issues aware not just for us and our patients but for other chiropractors as well. Um, because one thing we know is that you know, we need a swarm of people to make a difference, not one or two people. We actually need a group of people who care as much as you and I do to make an effective change to the way people think about what we do. And unfortunately, it's, it's, uh, we seem to be getting steamrolled more as time goes on. We need more of a hive mentality to solving these problems. You know, with the help of everyone listening to this podcast, not just you and I, and um, hopefully we can do it in a way that, um, you know, I would like to hope that we could get a rational, um, you know, non-emotive sort of discussion about things, but my... my And and really, we need to be one step ahead rather than one step behind, which for me, it seems we've been for the last 10, 15 years.
1: Yeah, people don't tend to make decisions unless there's emotion involved,
0: all well, emotions dictate our thoughts. You know that's right. So we need. We need to have. You know that's that's. I spoke about that with you earlier is a, a, a thing called Descartes error, and Descartes was a philosopher back hundreds of years ago who said that uh, thinking and feeling were separate. But as we know, how we feel dictates the thoughts that we have. They're they're intrinsically linked. So unless. Th-
1: you can overcome that. That's another topic because you can definitely change that.
0: One thing I do want to say going forward is, and and to probably to tie things up, you know, because we've probably we've had a good, a good chat. It's been, uh, I've enjoyed it.
1: Oh, you got me worked up.
0: Excellent. Well, I'm going to adjust you in a minute. So calm down. You'll be wrong. Get your nervous <laughs> system back into balance. Um, is how we can overcome this tribal thinking that we have, and tribal thinking, unfortunately, even occurs with chiropractors and chiropractic. And tribal thinking is certainly now the tribe of medicine is is against the tribe of chiropractic in general. How how we can possibly um, how we can possibly uh, you know overcome this tribalism to get what I consider better outcomes for everyone. Do you have any thoughts about that? Um. Well, look, that, that's. I think as
1: humans, we're social creatures and so we tend to be tribal. Um, so I think the how do we overcome that is very difficult. Um, but I would encourage people to think for yourself and look at the evidence and make your own decisions. And if someone... <laughs> You, you hear a lot of stories out there. Oh, my friend said this. Oh, my cousin said this, etc., etc., etc. cetera, You've got to see it to believe it. Don't take someone else's word for it. That would be my first advice. Yeah. And, and my second thing is, I think, and we talked about the 50s and the 60s and medical care changed and pretty much got taken over by the pharmaceutical industry, and that's well known. Um, I think we're seeing in recent times a swing back to people want natural health they don't want to have something artificial which we now know always has side effects every drug has side effects it just depends on how much of it you take as to how big those effects can be and your own personal circumstance Uh, and and I think people want to take control of their own health again as opposed to um, having someone taking over their health for them and and just putting in their care into someone else's hands.:
0: Yeah, well said, I, I think for me, part of the push that's been against chiropractic, I mean, I think we have to look at the emotion that's directed towards us, and it's the emotion of fear, yeah. uh, fear or ridicule, actually. And if I look at what's the opposite of fear, it's anger, you know? And I think, you know, my, myself and my patients, we're only ever going to be respected or acknowledged uh, unless we show some, some anger ourselves and stand up for ourselves that we are sick of being, you know, treated unfairly. Um, being passive and being um, shying away and trying to fit in hasn't worked so i think we need to be forthright with our opinions like we are yeah and i think we need to show passion and belief about what 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 it is we are about and what it is we are trying to achieve so that's 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 how i feel about it um anything you want to tie up with before we finish up buddy is there anything you want to say about this topic before we leave it
1: um no i think we've pretty much covered it we've got our viewpoint across i think it's pretty obvious that we're both passionate about it um and if i know that the people who are listening who have uh who know either yourself or myself probably know half of this already but if you happen to come across this podcast and you haven't uh, been to a chiropractor for whatever reason uh, i'd encourage you to find out for yourself
0: yeah, think for yourself. Everyone's got a everyone's got a story. That's what I'll finish you on. Everyone's got a narrative of how things are. Sometimes rather than experiencing it for themselves and making up their own mind. Thank you, mate. Enjoyed talking to you. If you'd like to contact us, uh, it's Back to Life Seven at bigpond.com. Um or Andrew.
1: Info at
0: thebacktoLifeCart Have a great day, mate. I'm about to, well, Let's go and get adjusted.